Hello. Hello. Oh, finally, I can hear you. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you now. Okay, can great. Can you hear me so, fine? Everything is good. So welcome everyone <laughs> to the Playdate podcast with Allison LeBron. And today I'm here with the amazing Bunny Yan, who you can hear on the other line. And we're <laughs> so I, need, I need fake clapping in the back. Oh, yes. <laughs> there should be. It took, us, it took us a few tries to get this figured out, but we did it. <laughs> awesome. Oh, my God. This is so, so exciting. And I'm so honored that you took the time out to join yeah. us. So, everyone, I met Bunny at an incredible event called And Now, uh, which is a really amazing event um, created by a woman named Barbara who will also be a future um, person interviewed on the podcast. And when I met her, I was so curious about what she does because she really is someone that is fusing together her passions and her talents and her creativity to create a totally unique career for herself. So Bunny, tell us about like, what, um, what is it that you do in the world and what's your business? I'm a teleporter. No, <laughs> just always want to say that. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> so I guess I'm account as a upcycle consultant. If you really want to put a title on that, uh, essentially what I do is I consult fashion brands and help them turn their marketing or production waste into new products or new marketing campaign that's more aligned to their customer base. Which means I put profitability. Um, when it comes to eco-conscious movement or sustainable uh, act instead of just on the goodness of people's hearts. <laughs> Sound a little cold, but uh, it's actually pretty cool. It's a really smart angle. I mean, let's face it, as you know, we all want to be good-hearted. The bottom line is that doesn't always sell. <laughs> and if you want to have a business, you have to be profitable. So I love how you're just so smart and so business savvy, but also like really incorporating your passion for upcycling and sustainability. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, most people thinking like upcycling is pretty much taking a um, plastic soda bottle, cut it in half, and make it into a vase. That's usually the whole DIY view of that. Actually, our industry is surrounded by things that are upcycled and recycled into repurpose a new thing. So mm -hmm. main difference between upcycle and recycle, recycle, you take an element and uh, break it down to its base material again to reuse. So paper, recycle paper, plastic, recycle plastic. Upcycling is more about studying the characteristics of that particular item or product and see what kind of minimum uh, tweak you can do to it and change it into something else. A really good example, it's not just in the fashion industry, is to compress all the plastic together and making into new, new building materials. So you're not actually melting it down and worry about different grades. You're using pressure to make sure there is no bubbles in between each layer and buildings need to be strong and sturdy. So that's a really interesting substitute for that. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's so, so interesting. And something, yeah, I love how you really made that distinction between recycling and upcycling. And it's really cool. I mean, it sounds like, you know, it's great that we can all as individuals get better at recycling and doing our own personal, but it's also really awesome to know that 
you know, large corporations or mass productive things are also becoming um, using something that might be waste and turning it into something that can be useful again. Um, that's exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It's, it's very interesting to um, study the characteristic of each things and see in which industry and which brands and which partner to um, uh, recreate that and uh, giving it a new life. It is very fascinating when it comes to transformation. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like you're like a transformational like shaman for like things that might be thrown out or <laughs> or like I mid- am coining that term. <laughs> transformational shaman sounds a lot cooler than sustainability or upcycle consultant because it just sounded like I do recycling, but I really don't. <laughs> right, you do something totally totally different and and really creating a a big huge impact so i'm i'd love for you to share a little bit like what's a project that you got to work on or you you know you created that was really exciting and also i know my listeners would probably be interested to know you know how did you how do people find you you know how do companies know about you how do they know to reach out to you like what's your process and sort of having companies know that you're there as an expert to be able to like really look into the things that they have that might be, be waste and actually find a way to have it be beneficial for them. In some way. Um, I will actually start with the second set of questions. So uh, my background, I've been in fashion um, and marketing for like almost 20 years. And yes, in the beginning, I just really want to have my own uh, collection, just like most fashion designers. And that's when I encounter uh, for the factories just how much waste are reusable and completely new that's getting burned and shredded. Things like uh, um, like doctor scrubs that's dyed like a slightly uh, darker shade of blue. Uh, and in the fashion, I do understand if this season calls for aqua blue and you give me ocean blue, I as a vendor cannot sell it. And these kind of man-made mistakes or technical mistakes happens just all the time. And you can't just keep on uh, having the hard like saying, hey, let's save these. Because, example, if it's a factory mistake, usually it is, they're not retailers. And they're not allowed to sell your product with your label on to somebody else either. So there's a lot of tricky thing in between. Now, how do we use that? Um, at one point, I did thought of trying to link the bigger company's material with small designer who can use it to design into something else. And then that come into a lot of uh, privacy and NDA issue. Mm. Because just in case they are doing something that's not completely aligned with this brand, who is going to be the middle person? Mm. So then evolve into how do we turn a brand's own waste into benefit themselves? Got it. And, and so how- then that person where you were like the one to create making that happen yeah and since i this circle for so long and uh i become an expert especially at the uh sustainability side of fashion so i was doing a lot of consultings i was working with um um h&m uh that time i was still in china um like I did a bunch of talks at different conferences, one in sustainable brands in Bangkok. That was really cool. Uh, and a recent one I did in um, the Magic Trade Show, which is the, the 
uh, twice a year biggest fashion trade show in Vegas. So I'm、mm-hmm. continuing doing that. How people find me so far is really one、um, me being at all the conferences and speak as a authority of that particular topic, and also、yeah. word of mouth. Because on sustainability, the interesting thing is most brands do not want to talk about their skeletons in the closet, and I do understand. The bigger the brand, the harder you fall. Yeah. So、uh, yeah. So a lot of time you want to say like, "Hey, I did this good thing." And there's always going to be more critics on the other side going like, "Hey, but what about that thing?" And you're just like, "Damn, <laughs> you know, can I not do one thing at a time?" And I, I get that. So a ton of money, and you have a lot of, you know, you're a big, big brand. Everyone's looking at you to like see like what mistake are you making, and they want to like exactly, you know? yeah, 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 like trying to doom you to hell.、Um, my approach and my views. I love that. You know.、Yeah. Are watching out, and obviously they are. People are popping up as being interested in, like you know, how a lot of aspects of the fashion industry are so toxic for the environment, and you know, and there's better solutions. So I love that you found a way to like have one foot in each <laughs> each territory. That's really challenging. You know, I, I mean, believe in balance. You know, they're so into recycling; they would never be able to. You know, have a conversation with like a big corporate fashion brand. So I think the work you're doing is so important. Honestly,、uh-huh. you're、uh-huh. to do that. Yeah, yeah. For me, I'm more the type that believe in balance. I I don't say like any industry like fast fashion or、uh, big companies is like、uh, corrupting the world. It's when you start growing so big, you, your goal, I'm pretty sure, is not trying to pollute an entire Chinese village. So your company can go. It's usually it's too late before you find out the problem, and you didn't think about that particular、um, part about your entire industry. You have no idea exactly how to fix it. So if you say like I have a deadline that I need to finish making the two hundred thousand pieces, and the village is like getting ruined, if you pull that, you're out of the job. Your entire department's out of the job without the second solution. Right. right, so it's n- not everything is that easy. Go,、oh, why don't you just stop it? So let's say, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just, just, just say in your neighborhood there's just only one McDonald's, and you want to stop eating fast food, but there's no other options next to you. So are you gonna starve or eat McDonald's? It's sometimes it's like that, and people start forgetting like people who are in big companies are still made of regular people who's working at a job. Yeah, <laughs> you、right. can't expect everybody to be good at their job. They should,、yeah. but they're not, right? <laughs>、so. Yeah, and I mean the real, the real truth is like, in order for us as a whole, as humanity, to become kinder to the earth and more sustainable, it's going to take. It's a process. It's not like overnight. Everyone's、no. going to start recycling, and all the companies are going to be good and not pollute. Like that's just not realistic. So,、yeah. so it I, takes I, understanding, I,、mm-hmm. groundedness, and the really and the issue. So I'm curious, though. So I've seen you actually were wearing one of your pieces、um, when I met you, which was really cool.、Um, something that you had upcycled. I can't remember what you said. It you had like, it was like a jacket or a dress, but you had upcycled. Oh yeah, it. it's a dress. Oh no, I did not、uh, upcycle that particular piece, but、okay. it is an upcycled piece. Okay. So、cool. it's made from、um, different section of a jacket. That it's a dress. So.、Cool. But uh, uh, what I love about、um, well, the upcycling style I like is you can't tell if it's upcycle or recycle. It's just really cool 
design exactly yeah so so like at the end of the day you want to wear something that you like or you want to eat something that you like doesn't matter if it's organic not organic it just needs to be appealed to you you can't have like all the you know organic food all you want if all of the organic one tastes blend it's really hard for people to change their way to the other side if you're not really feeling the direct effect of going like oh yeah it's like um, killing the earth because of the pollution, but we're not there. If it's re- like proximity-wise, if you're not seeing it, it's really hard to feel that, right? And still, you have to live. So, right, you oh, need clothing. Yeah, <laughs> unless you're a nudist, and then you don't need clothing, but. <laughs> <laughs> but you will need a lot of moisturizer. <laughs> that's right. So that's a different kind of need. Um, so. Uh, so, so one example that I really loved uh, is working with the brand Ann Taylor. Sure, everybody will know who they are. Uh-huh. Now, they um, already put in the effort to change all their banners in their shops into fabric banners instead of like the uh, plastisol um, canvas. So it's already 30% recycled plastics, which is great. At the end of the day, though, it's still going to get thrown into the garbage because when it's done of the season, you need to discard it. Right. And that's still plastic. People think recycled plastic is like, oh, so awesome. It's still plastic. It would last just as long in the field. What's good about it is it is plastic that we were using, so we're putting it back into the circle again. That's essentially what is the whole idea of upcycling, is trying to keep that particular item in circular as long as it can be by transforming into different things or use as a different purpose until it is a re- well circular to the level that's so small it can go back to the earth again harmless right so with um and taylor um they're uh having all these gray fabric banners that's like a color facet and it's not skin harmful whatsoever because it's all treated I help them turn it into clutches and bags that match their collection that they can retail to their customer again without needing to say that the material is made um, from upcycle recycle. It's just a great looking clutch or bag. And they can choose to say their effort now or say their effort later. It really, it's all up to them. At the end of the day, just really good um, business move and cut cost and minus carbon footprint. So bunch of bird with one stone. So in the per- the clutches that you um, ended up upcycling from these banners, was that like when they sold them, were they advertising that, you know, like, oh, and these happen to be, you know, made from recycled material because knowing that like some customers would really value that or does their customer base not necessarily value that? Um, the first batch, we keep all the label inside and you can read it. Um, it's not, it's really testing batch and now working on something that's more substantial. Mm. Mm-hmm. Got it. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool. So interesting. <laughs> like mad scientists behind like things that we might see in stores and we don't even know that you've had your like, <laughs> your hands and your brain all over them. <laughs> oh, that, that, that happened a lot of time before. Cause I, I'm in the fashion industry for quite a bit. I will see people wearing the stuff I design on the street. And I remember in the beginning of my career, when that first started to happen, I remember running uh, into somebody in Mexico, right, on a bus. And I know that's one of my design. 
I mean, it could it could be like bootleg or not, right? So I hugged her. <laughs> That's so cool. I love it. She was confused, but it was so funny. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. That must be so fun to be out in the world and see your work just out and about. <laughs> like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah it, it is. It's like, ah, oh, you're wearing that color because I picked it. You know, kind of like that. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Oh my god. So, um, I mean, were you always into fashion? Like when you were a child, was fashion something that was part of your life? Like, how did you get into fashion? I always liked drawing things. My mom's very artistic as well. And I think not until I got a little bit older, my mom showed me a book that I was drawing on, like a small booklet when I was like, what, three or four? It's nothing but clothes. And it's one of those moments that, that you remember that moment, uh, that memory, after you saw the booklet. You're like, oh, yeah, I should do that. So, yeah, it got back pretty far. And then um, I remember in school, a friend of mine is saying that they want to go to FIT and took a look. And that it was like, yeah, yeah, that's where I want to go. That, that's it. Wow. Yeah. That is so amazing. <laughs> So amazing. So you just kind of always were tuned into this. And then you knew as soon as you heard there was a school to do what you want to do. You're like, yep, doing that. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing that. And in my school, um, since like I, I do uh, do very well in school, like academically, my professor, oh, mentors, right, high school. Um, oh, no, no, no. Guidance counselors. Yes. <laughs> and uh they pretty much all want me to go to a regular four-year because it would look good for school. I mean, for the uh, high school as well. And um, they keep on telling me how competitive the fashion school will be. And I'm one of those really stubborn ones. If I have my heart set on something that, you know, that that's it. I'll do whatever it is to get in. So pretty much I didn't really get much support from my school, uh, high school. And I still went for it, uh, especially my uh, <laughs> uh, math teacher, because I, I could have gotten a math um, scholarship. The funny thing is, at the uh, reunion, when I went back to visit, he was telling me that can he get some um, uh, advice because his older daughter wants to go to fashion school and he don't know what to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> In my in my head, it's a little victory going like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, my God. I love how much of a badass you are. <laughs> you're, you're like, if I want it, I'm getting it. That's it. I mean, that's just so powerful. I want to just circle that back around to anyone listening to this podcast, being that a lot of listeners are people that are, you know, in the process of creating a career based on their passions and their talents and something outside the box. And that really is an important distinction and way of being sometimes to implement. Like sometimes you just have to be like fierce and be like, whatever it's going to take, I'm getting this, like this is happening or this is getting done. Do you feel like you have to um, call on that part of you a lot of times when you're working with big businesses or working on these projects that are kind of a little outside the box? Um, yeah. Cause like, um, especially when, when there are not many of uh, people in the particular field I'm in. So a lot of judgment calls, it's hard to bounce off anybody. Um, but I, I am always one that I do listen to all different type of inputs and opinions. Doesn't matter coming from which field. Because a lot of time you can just 
uh, get inspiration from uh, somebody's like, comments, it might be a wrong comment, but it might spark an idea and go like, huh, but that's not going to work. But, you know, what will work, you know, kind of the deal. And uh, um, overall, it's it's sustainability. A lot of things, it's the kind of thinking outside of the box. So to go like, you know what, um, everybody's growing cotton this way. I want to make it healthier. Yes, it's going to be expensive, but let's go for it anyways. Right? Or like, I'm going to reuse those plastic. There's always take that first person to eat the lobster. Right? Right. I mean, lobster do not look like it wants to get eaten. It got <laughs> literal armor. Right? <laughs> so, yeah, I have to uh, be the first to eat the lobster few times that kind of gets your like thick skin to go a um, bit more prepared when people tell you no and uh, you know over the years you also get smarter and to see why are the no's and why am I going against it is it one of those things that I go against it because you know I'm just stubborn or do you actually have a gut feeling going like you know what this is not just stubborn I really do think it will work why not try it and really wait out the um, pros and cons because there are a lot of times when we say no just to out of spite, right? Like, right. no, that's not true. I can do this. And uh, over the years, I learned how, you know, to um, differentiate. I'm still trying to. What part of that is trying to biting down too much to chew based on being stubborn and just wants to do it all? And which parts really, you know, I don't have to do everything. And I could listen to that this one advice or ask for help. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, actually, you really contributed to me. We met up the other day um, in the city and just met up to have coffee or hang out, have a, what do we have? We had like elixirs. <laughs> we had these like natural that elixirs. Interesting. Yeah. They were interesting mm-hmm. <laughs> with almond milk. Um, and so you were really sharing with me about, you know, when doing your marketing, really keeping in mind that, you know, most people when they're looking at marketing, it's like, they're so used to surface stuff. And if you kind of go too deep or give too much information, it's just overwhelming for them. And it prevents them from actually like feeling out your vibe to get to know you. And after that conversation, I literally had a genius download about how to do my Instagram page in a way that's like light and fun and just colorful and just very surface, but also a way to kind of like be a gateway for people so yeah I totally get that like you know you you and I are in different industries but you really contributed to me um around sharing that and you know and, and looking at your website I was like yeah you really do that well you know you keep no, you do you. very simple it's it's not like you don't go into the whole you know your passion behind sustainability and all of that it's just like here's what it is here's the problem the company had here's what we did and this is the result kind of thing and yeah, it's important to have things be accessible. And I, I love that. So I'm curious. Um, I mean, I'm just curious to know when you were growing up, did you, you grew up in New York City? Oh, no, I, I grew up in China till I was 12. So okay. then I moved to New Jersey. So my corruptible years was already in the States. <laughs> um, and uh, now I've been in uh, New York for the last two years. Before that, I was in uh, back in Shanghai for eight years. Oh, it, wow. It's funny because like um, for the longest, like I only just go there to travel every now and then. 
and it's weird to actually be there because there's a lot of uh, things I'm already comfortable here since I'm pretty much see myself as a regular American, right? So um, when in China, even though I look just like everybody else, there's a lot of cultural differences and the language behaviors, like, you know, um, uh, undertone, like, uh, like culture behavior you should have known without people saying anything. And I just don't. And and, and and not offending anybody, but like seeing karaoke all the time, just not really one of my things. <laughs> <laughs> and my friend tracks me all the time in, in, in China. I'm just like, I, I can't, you can't hear anything and everything. They're super smoky and I don't smoke. And just like, ah, can we just go to a bar? <laughs> <laughs> That's so interesting. It's so cool how we all really yeah we just it's like we might look a certain way or something but then we all have a place that we feels like home to us even if it isn't where like we were born or we might have grown up that's so interesting so I mean growing up in China like is recycling popular there like when did you first come across the idea of recycling was it something you like how did you come across recycling well recycling I really see it like more in the states however though the, the stats um U.S. actually recycle a lot less hmm. than China. Um, U.S. like water bottle gets recycled only like less than. Oh, less than I just dropped my phone. No worries. <laughs> uh, less than like twenty percent. I would even go into the ten percent part. Wow. Um, China actually recycle over eighty percent because what? the whole yeah because the whole um, policy is different. China have the buyback program, so people actually do collect these bottles and sell it back to the government. So there's more incentive for people to collect these bottles and resell it. And U.S. with um, kind of almost because of the abundance, we just throw them. Interesting, interesting. interesting? So generally mm-hmm. speaking, if there isn't some incentive, which involves money (laughs) people will most likely not recycle (laughs) exactly it's really like how much convenience is equal to x and that x could be in the form of money in the form of things for 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 us especially in the big city we just don't really see those thing to be worth it because like especially in new york everything just going you got to do this and that for you to literally care if one of your bottle is in the wrong bin it's really none of top of your like concern i do always try to throw bottles if there is a recycled bin but if there isn't to me it's trash it would just go into trash Mm. Yeah, I mean, and then I know, like, I do see a lot of, there are people on the streets of New York City, for people that are listening that haven't been to New York City, and maybe this exists around the world, but people that, they make a living off of really going yeah, through exactly plastic bottles out of the trash and then bringing them to the recycling centers for um, a return, I guess. So yeah. I wonder, so I guess it's only if you bring them to the recycling center um, in person, otherwise you don't yeah, get Yeah, in return. U.S., yeah. Exactly. In China, too, there, there's many centers. Yeah. Um, and there's, like, literally case the, 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 the kid put herself through school by collecting bottles. Wow. And cans. Yeah. 
That's amazing. So I wonder what it would take to have more centers in the U.S. And I'm, I'm imagining someone is working on that right now. I don't know if you've connected with them at these sustainability conferences, but just that curiosity of like, there must be someone that's thinking about how they can also make that profitable too for them. So like, kind of like the coin machines, if you've ever seen those in the grocery store, or if you have a lot of coins, you can bring them and dump them in. And then they'll give you uh, cash for it, but they take a little bit of the money sort of thing. Yeah, when, when it comes to trash, it's a lot of gray areas because yeah. there are different grades of bottles. Yep. Um, there's the, the cap. It's also a different type of plastic. And then you have contamination from what's inside and you can't really ex- expect everybody to separate everything. So there's a lot of manpower there. It, it gets really convoluted. It's not just a simple, like, hey, why can't we just recycle better? Right. You know, even yeah. just on the behavioral thing. And uh, um, as much as like, we see all our, our own trash that we create every day, the main pile of industrial trash is what we don't see from buildings and constructions. These gets hauled, and these are all uh, get into our landfills and into our ecosystem of waste. So, like, all the things we throw away, like industrial waste, every year equals to the double of human weight on Earth. Wow. That's every year. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Again, you don't see it, especially in New York and uh, big coastal area. It's hard to imagine somebody else's paying. But if you do go to some of the villages in um, uh, other coastal Southeast Asia you will see a river full of plastic bottles. The, the whole entire river would just look, well, on the seashore, it would look like it's solid. Kind of, it's quite depressing. And that's it's- why my approach is always trying to um, go for the solution and positive angle. Yeah. I mean, you can watch yeah. River Blue all you want. Right. You will feel bad for that, <laughs> for that duration and probably afterwards, like week, a month. But at the end, like, what much more can you do with it if you're not in the industry, right? If you do still want to wear denim. Right. Most people would just, there's not really a call to action. For me, right. the most, most um, convincing argument for anything to move forward is showing how great it is, how sexy it is to have something that's transformed, not yep. just upcycled. How cool it is, like... Um, uh, you know, the the new organic tomato just tastes 10 times better. Right. It, it can't just be like it's organic. It, it needs to be improved in many different ways for everything to move forward. Yeah, I love that. It's so, it's so, so true. And like, really, yeah, like you said, suffering and looking at the pictures and the videos and all the garbage, it's not doing anything. So it's like creating your own call to action, whatever it may be, and finding a way to have it be um, something that can actually connect to people beyond just like how sad it is. Cause that doesn't really put people in action. You know, yeah. It's hard even with like petitions and whatever, you know? Like, yeah. You, you look at it. It's like, yeah, I put one name on it, but who really do have the time. If you do have a job and you do have a family, you're not going to chase that. You're not going to find out every single fact about that. Somebody right. might do that but it's not the majority and you can't be mad at people who are not doing that just because they do have a life and they do not want to pursue every single aspect about how to recycle a bottle. 
right it's more on the building on the understanding of other person's part instead of shaming people for like not doing that for find the reason for more people to love it right i love that i love your perspective so genius oh, thank you <laughs> so genius so that leads us to the next question um yeah i mean how do you make recycling upcycling sustainability sexy like and this is more like personal question like how how are you finding ways to do that and um you know what would be if you had a call to action to people <laughs> what would it be or how? oh there there's many brands that's already very sexy uh even like uh, brands like louis vuitton um prada they have their programs where things are made from upcycled just look at one of their displays Okay. Um, I remember that was like probably last year in the Prada or Louis Vuitton shop. Sorry, anybody who worked there that I mixed up both displays because it just looks super cool. Yeah. Um, that the entire thing is made into a dinosaur. And these are the bags, <sighs> oh, oh, like samples. So, yeah, they can't just construct a, a, a dinosaur out of um, plastic, right? But not only does this display look cooler because it is made from bags, but these are also the sample bags that could have been destroyed. Wow. So that's serve so a cool. second purpose. So that is cool as hell. It's yeah. sexy. And many of my outfits, I get it um, from cool upcycle designer or recycle designers because they look good. They're sexy. Their material is nice. And it's not dirty. It's new. It really just takes imagination I always say, like, a good designer um, can make something out of nothing, and a great designer can be upcycle designers. Mm, I love that. Ooh. Do you have any call to action if there's any, you know, budding fashion designers or people that are looking to go into fashion? Like, what would you say to them? Um, Like, I I wouldn't tell everybody to go into upcycle design because it's not – it's not because you don't upcycle that you are a bad designer. It's not. Uh, one um, suggestion I would do is honestly do not think that you're doing this alone. Whatever you're doing, somebody else probably already started struggling and did all of that. So Google and find groups that can help you, especially when it comes to small orders. Don't start thinking about like, oh, I'll do it in China. Uh, think about logistics and all of that alone. It honestly makes more sense to do it locally. So ask around, hmm. Google, um, there's many organizations and uh, 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 like consulting services that pretty much does one stop for all. They will help you find a place that makes your garment to all the way to help you retail it. Mm, I love that. Yes, connect with people that are in the industry already. I love that. Yeah, so many of my smaller consulting, that's what I do and pretty much like um, finding out what that brand really need so I can tailor to who in my network to connect them with and what kind of knowledge they can use to actually build up their own brand. Wow, that's so brilliant. I love that. I love that you know that it is all about to like supporting one another. You might not be able to be the person, but maybe there's somebody else or maybe you can be the liaison and it can be a win-win. Yeah, yeah. Network, network, network. Talk to people. You honestly don't ever know who's sitting to the table next to you that just might have the everything that you want. So don't be shy. Talk to people. Go to networking things. Meet people, you know, and mm-hmm. just listen. Not about like, hey, let me tell everybody what about what I do. 
actually listen to what other people want. So maybe your connection can help that person, and that person can help you. It's not one sider. It's a connection. It's um, helping each other, not how everybody can help me. You know? Yes, right. Like, how can I actually help this person? Thinking that first versus like, how can they help me? How can they make me better? It's like, how can I contribute to them? And then trusting that even if they don't have something to offer, someone else down the line will. <laughs> you know, I, I personally love doing that. It's something I do frequently. If a friend or someone I know um, posts something. Oops, sorry. Can you still hear me? Yeah, you come in and out, though. Cut out. Okay. Uh-huh. So if a friend or someone I know, you know, shares something in class they're doing on Facebook, um, and I just feel called, like, oh, I want to share this. I really do just share from my heart, like, and not expecting anything in return. Like I just genuinely want to share because I want all of my entrepreneur friends to win (laughs) or all my friends, you know, someone shares a fundraising campaign or something. It's like, yeah, how can I share this? So um, what would you say is something that you're feeling really excited about? And I know a big part of being an entrepreneur and having your own business is like constantly being turned on and excited about what we're creating. <laughs> it's not always hunky-dory. You also get, you know, knocked down a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that is for sure. That is <laughs> That needs to be part of it. Like, it's like do what you love and be able to get totally crushed and have your heart broken and shattered and then get back up again. <laughs> oh, you will cry. If you're an entrepreneur and you haven't cried yet, congratulations. But usually you will cry at some point. <laughs> And uh, um, it's not failure if at the end of being an entrepreneur, you go, you know what, I actually still do love a stable job and not worry about all the uncertainties. And that's fine, too. It's not for everybody. It's nothing to do with failure or, you know, not good enough. It's everybody's built differently. Absolutely. Yeah, I really agree. And I think there's nothing wrong with if you have an inspiration or a passion, it's like nothing wrong with having it be a project that you do on the side, you know, and then having a job that's your day, you know, your day job. There's really nothing wrong with that. You don't have to make it into a business. And like you said, not everyone is built to have a profitable business. It takes something. And it's a lot of special some things and a lot of grind and a lot of hard work and it isn't for everyone. Um, and that's no. okay. But I really yeah. want to inspire people to also start side projects, you know, start little passion projects, whatever they are. If you work 40 hours a week, you have another, a lot of more hours in your, in your life. And there's lots of fun things, you know, that can be created, whether it's a passion project that's just for you or it's a passion project that, you know, is also for other people. It's like, yeah. I just want to see more people it just has to make you happy and yeah. uh yeah currently what what i'm excited about is i am planning to launch a web series Woo! of shows showing people just all the coolest weirdest the untold story behind fashion industry not just hey what's the news trend and what's the guard kardashian wearing wearing like this afternoon because there's enough people covering those things already i don't have to be one of them yeah i want to um share my knowledge in the most entertaining manner because i fall asleep at any kind of conference when talking about uh something that's too serious or too technical so that's a void that i see and uh, i seriously don't like taking anything like too too seriously 
<laughs> so the the whole idea behind it, like let, let's poke fun of fashion, let's um make it, you know, a secretly educational show that's just mainly entertaining. I love that. Oh my god, I cannot wait to see what you create. I know that you were sharing with me the other day that you're gonna be um like personifying cotton. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited to see how you do that. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. It's- Oh, now you're cutting out. I can't really hear you now. Can you hear oh. me? Can you hear me now? Okay, cool. Oh, yeah. I was just saying, I really wish that my, um, you know, my jacket, or I wonder what my jacket or underwear would say to me. <laughs> you know, like, what do they have to say? <laughs> so I'm so excited to see what you create. Oh. <laughs> I'm really you're excited i'm really excited writing scripts and um doing demo shots so let's see how fast i can get that on the board yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so how can people find you if people are wanting to follow you know i mean this series that you're creating is you know it's in creation but if they also just want to find out more about what you do with um corporations big businesses with fashion and sustainability or upcycling rather um, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Um, I do try to write more and more these days. So I prefer people find me on LinkedIn. Oh. My LinkedIn handle is Bunny Yen. Yen is Y-A-N. So Bunny is like how you regularly spell the animal. B-U-N-N-Y. Y-A-N. Awesome. Awesome. And so I will include that in the show notes so that people can find a way and then they can just DM you on Instagram. Sweet. And I'm also going to put your website for your business, which do you pronounce it squirrels? The the squirrels. Yeah. Squirrels Squirrels. with a Z at the end. Mm -hmm. Because we gather. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god I love that I love it I love it I love it this has been so inspiring I'm so inspired by what you're doing I can't wait to see your series and thank you so much for taking time out to, to share uh, with the listeners here and have it it's Friday so have an amazing weekend <laughs> yeah happy hour bitches <laughs> All right, buddy, we'll see you soon yeah bye-bye. bye bye